Welcome back to Skin the Surface. My name is Dr. Rena, board certified dermatologist and host for this week's episode. On our previous episode, I talked about facial hair removal, specifically with facial razors. But one of the most common types of hair removal ways that we can approach facial hair is actually through laser and light devices. Laser hair removal has been really helpful and laser devices have been evolving over the years as cosmetic dermatology as a field has evolved. And so on this week's episode, I'm going to be excited to talk about laser and light devices. So how do these lasers even work? So these lasers when it comes to laser hair removal, release a light that penetrates or goes through the skin and specifically targets the melanin, also known as pigment, within the hair follicles. When the pigment absorbs that light energy, it causes this hair follicle to be destroyed. A common question that I get when patients come in and they're so distressed about their facial hair or even um, hair, um, on their body, neck, chin, um, on their, above their belly button. They say, you know, is this a one and done approach? Well, a common misconception is that these laser hair removal devices is all you need is one treatment. So most people, believe it or not, need several sessions, and it can depend on the laser device and the dermatologist who's performing this type of laser might go into the exact number that they believe, but typically I would say about four to six treatments, again, depending on the device used, some, and depending on the hair. So some individuals might need, you know, um, more treatments, say six to eight, some people may need, you know, less treatments. Um, but I recommend follow-up visits, you know, months after the final treatment, just for a touch-up, maintenance treatment, because again, this is not a one-and-done approach. Now, patients come to me and say, you know, um, what is it safe for me to use these laser devices if I have darker skin? So um, this is really an important question because depending on the laser device used and the wavelength um, that these devices, certain devices may have, um, you can use um, some devices on certain skin types safely and certain skin colors. So as, again, I mentioned this earlier, but as this field of cosmetic dermatology evolves, there are so many new lasers available out there that are tailored to skin of color. And so um, just because you have a different skin type or skin um, color does not mean that you cannot use these devices safely. Um, you know, I would definitely talk to the board certified dermatologist. They may even do what we call a test spot where they test a certain area of the skin with a laser, then have you come in several weeks later, evaluate to make sure that you're not having any pigmentary changes around um, the that um, area that was treated or it is specifically in that area, um, just as a safety um, caution. So what are the potential side effects post laser? So I'm definitely going, I'll definitely dive into, you know, what you should do prior to the laser treatment, but let's talk about post-laser. So one of the biggest things that comes up are, are there concerns about pigmentary changes? Am I going to get a skin burn basically? So a potential side effect of laser hair removal, again, this depends on the laser device and the handpiece that's used and the wavelength, 
But the main thing is pigmentary changes, whether it be hypopigmentation or hyperpigmentation. And so this is something, again, where there are ways that we can, you know, avoid that. Um, and, and I'll definitely go into that with the prior to laser um, hair appointment um, recommendations. But again, doing a test spot, talking to your dermatologist, um, making sure that you wear sunscreen post your treatment, which we'll definitely go over post-therapy. And um, But yes, this is definitely a concern. Um, but again, as the field of cosmetic dermatology evolves, you know, we have been able to, you know, um, you know, improve the way that we do laser hair removal. But again, this is still a concern. Um, and so, you know, doing certain things prior into post-treatment, which I'll again talk about, will help to kind of minimize the um, possibility of that, um, what you can do on your end, but also talking to your dermatologist and saying, hey, you know, can we do a test spot? Do you recommend, you know, what, you know, what I can do before and after to minimize any potential pigmentary changes? What should I expect during the laser therapy? So this comes up quite a bit. So depending on the area of the body treated and the laser use, I typically describe the laser hair removal process as feeling warm to hot rubber band snap on the skin. Depending on, again, the laser hair um, device that's used, typically the area is cleaned, the new ply ultrasound jelly that's applied to the skin. You're definitely going to have eye protective wear that you will wear during the laser therapy to protect your eyes. And then uh, um, the uh, provider who is doing the laser hair will also have protective eyewear as well. Now, I really want to go over prior to the laser hair appointment recommendations because this comes up a lot. So number one, to avoid any skin burns or sunburns is really important. Tanning your skin may actually impact the energy delivered to the hair follicle. And so if you get a, a go to a tanning bed or get a skin burn or sunburn, it may actually impact your results for the laser hair removal. So again, you're spending all this money doing laser hair removal. You're taking probably day off of work or time off of your busy schedule. Make it worth your while. Prep your skin. Do not have a skin burn or sunburn before you go to the laser hair to get laser hair removal. Two, if you have a history of autoimmune diseases, specifically photosensitizing skin diseases such as lupus, talk to your board-certified dermatologist before your appointment. Again, as this may impact the laser used in precautions post-therapy. Three, stop any lightning creams topical retinols or any topicals that may be potentially drying, like anything that contains benzoyl peroxide, salicylic acid. These can be really irritating. At least, I would stop at least one week prior, maybe even two weeks um, to your laser therapy. These may irritate the skin, may result in skin burns, post-laser th hair removal therapy. And again, this may lead to pigmentary changes. So all going back to that side effect of pigmentary changes. Um, it is recommended, um, I recommend to shave um, the, the treatment area 24 to 48 hours prior to the procedure. Um, number um, 
four, which is really important, is if you have a history of fever blisters, cold sores, or other herpes infections, again, talk to your dermatologist because you may require treatment the day of the procedure with an oral antiviral medication to prevent a herpes outbreak. And this really kind of ties into all laser hair removal treatments and and honestly, all hair removal treatments. Um, And I had mentioned this um, with the facial razors um, episode. Um, so definitely, I encourage you to listen to that if you're interested in facial razors. But again, if you are one that often gets fever blisters or cold sores or other herpes infections, um, especially on the face, talk to your dermatologist before. Now let's talk post-therapy. So you had your laser hair removal treatment done. You're feeling great. What should you do when you get back home or is, you know, post-therapy? Well, ice, ice, right? Ice the area following the treatment as it may feel tender and sensitive. And so icing really helps tremendously. If you want to use a moisturizer, I always recommend using a hydrating moisturizer that's non-comedogenic, meaning it won't cause you to break out. And I always recommend putting that moisturizer in the refrigerator. I don't know about you, but that cooling sensation feels great on my skin. Two, sunscreen. Apply sunscreen to all the sun-exposed areas, specifically all the areas that were treated to prevent sunburns. And again, this goes back to hyperpigmentation or hypopigmentation. So you don't want to have any pigmentary changes. So apply sunscreen to all the areas that were treated, especially those that are going to be out in the sun. So um, I always recommend a sunscreen that contains zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. So these are those mineral or physical blockers. And I have so many episodes on sunscreens. It's ridiculous. I, I love sunscreen. So if you have any questions or say, hey, what, what does she mean by mineral or physical? Just scroll through any of our episodes. Any episode that says sunscreen on it, I'm going to be talking about mineral sunscreens because I love them. But just to kind of give you a rundown now, these are sunscreens that are physical blockers. They protect against both UVA and UVB, and they don't contain any chemicals in them. Finally, cleanse the treated area that night, the following few days, with a gentle hydrating cleanser morning and evening. The last thing you want to do is using an astringent, something that's going to burn or irritate your skin. Hold any retinols or any, you know, nighttime lightning creams for at least a week. Um, Again, hold it before a week and hold it after a week at least um, because this can cause skin burns. And again, these can lead to pigmentary changes. Don't scrub your skin. Rub the area with Um, uh, or don't rub or scrub, just kind of dab your skin. Um, I always recommend using like a nice hydrating cleanser, like CeraVe hydrating cleanser is my go-to. Again, I don't work for the company. It's just something I recommend as a dermatologist, or you can even use something like micellar water, which is really nice and gentle um, to use on your skin. Don't use any facial cleansing towelettes that contain fragrance in them because fragrance is also an irritant for your skin. So just be super gentle um, for that week before and at least a week after. Um, again, you wanna you're spending you know time, energy, and 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 most likely money um, because these are non um, cover, not covered by your typically not covered by your medical insurance. So it's really important to you know have the best results for your treatment and you have to do, you know, your dermatologist is going to do their part, but you all have to, you also have to do your part prior to post-procedure. 
but laser hair is a great device to help remove um, hair removal, uh, hair, facial hair, body hair. There are so many devices out there, so I encourage you to talk to your dermatologist to see, again, what device they think would be the best in terms of your skin type and skin color. And, you know, when it comes to facial hair, you know, depending on the hair color that um, that is um, present, so darker hair, um, certain wavelengths work better, fine, um, lighter hair, certain wavelengths work better. So it's definitely, you know, important to talk about you know, if facial hair, um, facial hair removal with laser hair devices is um, a good treatment for you. A common question that I have is, does facial hair, um, laser hair removal devices work for white hair? Typically, no. And so I'm going to be talking about other ways to remove white hair um, or peach fuzz off of the skin other than laser hair. So um, again, laser hair focuses on the pigment. Um, So if there is no pigment, then laser hair removal devices are typically unsuccessful. But it is important, again, to talk to your dermatologist to see if this is a good treatment for you and an appropriate treatment for you. Well, that's all I have for today's episode. I hope you learned a lot about laser hair devices and feel a little bit more comfortable and confident when it comes to removing facial and body hair. Um, If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to follow us on Instagram um, or send us a message on our website and subscribe at skinthesurfacepod.com. As always, be safe and healthy, podcasters.